are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to another Thursday edition of Locked On NBA. I am Jackson Gatlin, host of Locked On Rockets. He is Matt Moore, senior NBA writer at the Action Network and co-host of Locked On Nuggets. And we are here to break down all of last night's action for you. Thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen of the day. Now, Matt, first off, how are you doing? I'm great. I love these. I just, I love the Wednesday slate. I'm so, I, I, I mean this. You're such a great host to do this with. I love doing this show with you. I mean that sincerely. I love having the Wednesday slate to go over because it's my favorite night during the week. Like it's always jam packed. There's a lot of stuff going on. I've gotten to where like, I don't like the Thursdays because it's like too narrative and tension and every game is a referendum with Wednesday. It's like a lot of stuff happened. Like the Lakers lost to the thunder suddenly after being up like 40. And then like the, the wizards did it again. And then like in the late cap, like the blazers were dead two days ago and now they've got this big win versus the Grizzlies. There's so much stuff to break down. The basketball has been really great. I'm excited to break it all down with you. And I think the best place to start is going to be, we got to start Miami heat, Brooklyn nets. I think that Mm -hmm. was, probably the most intense game of the slate. It felt like to me, like just this is, you know, what potential like Eastern conference finals preview, maybe depending on where these two teams shake out, out, out East. Uh, It was a really, really hard fought competitive game. I, I really, when you look at the Miami heat and what they're able to do defensively and how tough it is for, for teams to get anything going against them, any kind of consistent rhythm, They switch everything really, really well, one through five. I thought that they did a phenomenal job in this game of basically like masking Duncan Robinson defensively at times. Like James Harden was hunting him relentlessly on switches, and I think their help defense in this game was out of this world. They did a really good job kind of covering for him, and you you come away looking at James Harden's stat line, having another suboptimal night, like like. is has James Harden finally like returned to some sense of like, is he, is he no longer prime James Harden? What's going on with him? Maybe it's the lingering hamstring only 14 points on four of 12 shooting. Not a great night at the office for James Harden in this one. No, you know, and if you, if you, you look at it, three free throws, like this, there's no way this is not going to be a storyline until he starts picking up like a high number. And I don't think he's wrong that he's being singled out. But I do think that league wide, there's a lot of guys that are like, Oh, so I'm like not getting that call. Like at all. Like you're saying, like, I just don't get those calls anymore. Um, Harden. I think it's been difficult because they've taken away the hook, which is such a big part of his driving offense. And they've taken away the pump fake lean in, which is a big part of his perimeter offense. I I will say a lot of this. I do think is just, um, I don't think it's like his form looks good and he's just missing like his form. He does. He looks slow on his release. He doesn't necessarily ever look like lightning quick. That's not the way he plays, right? It's very, he hypnotizes you and then makes one quick move and hits it. I'm, I started working on a bigger piece on the nets and I noticed honestly that like he's struggling versus switches. He's just not hitting those shots. And I don't know what to do about that. Like eventually do I expect him to go? Yeah. But it's a problem when so much of their team construct is built upon, uh, well, Katie and Harden and Kyrie are just going to do some stuff and you're not gonna be able to do anything about it. And now it's like, well, KD's doing stuff and he can't do anything about it, but Kyrie's not there. 
and Hyrie's, uh, Harden's doing stuff and it's not working. So and Hyrie and, and Hyrie, there we go. We're gonna call him Hyrie from now on. Yeah, and that's what that that to me is like the big problem here. And and if you start diving into some of the numbers, their the Nets' performance versus switches has it, so far this season has been very poor compared to where it was last year. And if that's the case, like that fundamentally changes like who they are as a team and their success rate, especially in situations where they're facing a team that switches so much like Miami. Like this was a bad matchup anyway, and the Nets are playing badly. But look, I'll I'll just go ahead and say it. I don't think that the Nets are, they are not in any way, shape or form the favorite right now. That doesn't mean they can't get there, but they're going, I will say, I don't just, just pencil them like, well, they'll get there. No, you're going to have to show me. They don't have front court depth. They don't have front court defense. It's just Kyrie and some dudes. That's that's it. Or it's just Durant rather and some dudes. Like Joe Harris was a minus 22 tonight. Kevin Durant was a minus 14. They outscored the Nets by 14 points with Durant on the floor. So I think the, the Heat are a legit threat to win the East. And I think that the Nets are not the the dominant favorite that we thought they would be coming in. I'm ready to go ahead and say that. In this game specifically, right, you're talking about the, you know, oh, the the dynamic that has been the Nets of just, oh, KD, Harden, Kyrie, they're all just going to do some stuff and they're going to win a lot of games because they're just that uber talented, right? So obviously they're missing one part of their big three with Kyrie, MIA. In this game, we kind of saw that happening in the second quarter. Uh, the Nets went on that ridiculous tear spearheaded by Kevin Durant and James Harden. They both kind of took their turns. You know, Harden hit, a, I believe, a step back or two. Um, Katie had some buckets, and they both went on this, you know, two-man tear to kind of get back into this game. And then you look up, and Miami's still in the lead. Like, and it felt like if it was, it was like looking up, and it's like after all that, right? Miami still has a comfortable lead after Katie goes on a tear. James Harden goes on a tear. I mean, the physicality with which the Miami Heat play is just unbelievable. And then the dimension that Kyle Lowry gives them now, where, I mean, he's such an elite floor general, the way that he is able to either slow down or speed up the game as needed, just making the right reads, getting guys the ball exactly where they need it, timely buckets all throughout this game. You know, I can't say enough good things about Kyle Lowry and his presence in this game. And you look at his stat line, I mean, he didn't fill it up as far as like scoring the ball goes, just nine, nine points on three of these shooting. But he had six rebounds and nine, nine assists, yeah. only three turnovers. You know, his impact on the game is felt on both sides, couple drawn charges, just very Kyle Lowry-esque things. This is a this is a, a comparison that will likely predate you a little bit. Um, I think that you were like, I don't know, one, one and a half when this happened, maybe I don't know, negative five. Not, um, not you aging me on the show, man. Come on. <laughs> no, but the 2004 Pistons, the 2004 to like 2009-ish Pistons is what this team has reminded me of, where you have all of these veteran guys that are just difficult dudes to deal with night after night. They're physical. They take pride in their defense. Uh, they can shoot. They can score. They don't necessarily, like, I don't think they're going to be like a top flight offense. I don't. I think they're going to be a really great defense. They've got a pure shooter in Duncan Robinson who didn't even shoot great light tonight. Like Robinson wasn't great tonight. Um, Jimmy Butler wasn't great tonight. Look at it. Like, look at this. Like Butler had 17 points on 18 shots, right? Uh, Bam had a great night because the Nets have no interior defense again. Uh, but Lowry has nine points on eight shots, but they get, and, and Hero has 14 points on 17 shots. They shot 40% from the field. On the road, Jackson, and one by 13. Like, that's some nasty defense 
that the Heat are bringing every night. Yeah, not a great look. A hero definitely was a was a sore spot for me. Um, wanted to point him out. Glad you did. Um, the inefficiency there, I felt like from the bench unit of the Miami Heat could you know want a little bit better production from him moving forward. Um, also, I will say that if uh, Jimmy Butler starts hitting some curling elbow jumpers uh, with regularity, then we can go back to the 2004 Pistons uh, comp. Okay. Um, because then we can we can just say he's the Rip Hamilton of the squad. Uh, but anyways, uh, so I'm not that young, man. Come on, I remember those teams. Anyways, uh, taking, a, <laughs> uh, taking a look at some of the other games from around the NBA tonight, we had the Charlotte Hornets beating the Orlando Magic 120 to 111. Uh, Miles Bridges with 31 points in this one. Cole Anthony at 24 and six for the Magic. And even though the Magic lost on the stretch, I thought that they played pretty well and I like what Jamal Mosley's doing with those young guys over there that rebuild um I think he's kind of you know the, the the ball movement the player movement looked really good in the game um the Hornets just better team in this one uh Wizards top the Celtics and TD Garden 116-107 even though Bradley Beal had an abysmal 7 of 25 night and the Raptors over the Indiana Pacers 118 to 100 we have a little bit of a rookie watch going there uh Scotty Barnes with 18, 7, 7, and 2 blocks on 8 of 17 shooting. And then Chris Duarte with 14, 4, 1, and a steal on 6 of 15 shooting for the Indiana Pacers. Matt, any thoughts on these ones before we move on? The Pacers are confusing to me. Like, a lot of their numbers are really good, and they should be better than this, and they're just losing games that they need to win. Like, they need to win this game, and it's it's a problem. that They've got injury issues, I get it, but... Like it, it's a problem that the the Raptor or the Pacers keep losing these types of games because like I don't think this Raptors team is very good at all. Um, they're gonna they're gonna sneak up on you because they they play really hard. Like that's a nurse thing. It's an organizational thing. Like they have they have an edge to them, but I don't expect this Raptors team to be very good. So like Indiana, I have deferring and, viewpoints on this Raptors team. I think they have yeah. like the chops to be a good defensive team. They've got all the all the pieces there defensively is the problem. Y- yeah, I don't I don't I don't know like. They, they got a really good night from Fred Van Vliet, right? Like six to seven from three, 10 to 18, 26 points. I keep going back to like Precious Achu is starting for them. Like OG and is probably their best player. You know, Scotty was eight, 18 points on 17 shots. I get that they can play defense, but when you look across and, and you look at Sabonis, Duarte, Brogdon, like they're missing Levert and Warren. I get it. Like Justin Holiday, who was one of eight tonight. Like, the Pacers are just, they have a better roster. They just do, right? And so we'll, we'll see what happens with this Raptors team. I feel like they are trying to convince themselves that they're, like, going to be a threat, and I'm not buying it currently. We'll see what happens. You might be right. Maybe they'll just surprise and hang in there because they are so gritty and tough, but I don't, I'm not overwhelmed by the the talent on the Raptors in particular. Like, I think that bench is going to be, like, that bench was in the positive tonight. I don't think it's going to happen very often. Like, Indiana, like, Indiana was wretched defensively on the bench tonight. And that's gotta be something that's going to have to change. Like Carlisle is going to have to, to, to tighten this thing up. It's been very disappointing. I think early returns for him. Um, my big takeaway though, is how about them Zards? How about them Zards? 116, 107 over Boston. Like I, I regret to inform you. I think the Washington wizards are good. Like I, I do. I, I'm not sure the Celtics are good. But I think so. How, how much? How much of this is are the Wizards actually good versus are the Celtics bad this season? Because the Celtics have had a rough start. Like, mm-hmm. look, the Rockets played the Celtics 
to a competitive game through about three and a half quarters. I'm just going to yeah. put that one out there. Okay. Yeah. So, I, don't think the Celtics, I don't think the Celtics are good, but the Wizards also led this entire game on the road. Uh, and Bradley Beal struggled. I mean, yeah. Boston, well, Boston, he's struggling right, right now because he's in, he's hurt. But think about this like, Bradley Beal's struggling and they got to win on the road versus Boston. Now, this is Boston three and four nights. That's got to be considered. Uh, did you know that the, you know, I'm always spouting the half court stats, right? Because I love, uh, that's where you spend most of the game is half court. You're the half court king. <laughs> the Washington Wizards are top 10 in half court offense and defense. Like, think about that. Ooh. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna be really interested. In, I, like, is that is that just the early season like illusion of being really good? Like, is this like the the Orlando Magic team that started eight and zero a few years back, or is it like legitimately good? That's why so, I lo I love early season basketball, Matt, because yeah. we don't know what's real and what's not. So, like, I'll, I'll say this: like, I don't think that they're gonna be a top three seed. They're not gonna contend for the division. Like, this division is nuts because like we just spent all this time talking about how great the Heat are and the the Hawks played awful. And then we're basically like, no, we're winning this game. And the Pelicans were like, well, okay. And that was it. Like the Hawks, the Hawks and heat are two of, I think like the top three teams in the Eastern conference right now. And behind them is the wizards. But I do think the wizards are going to be competitive to a play in spot and, or a playoff spot. They have so many, just, they have guys that know how to play together. One thing I thought was interesting is like, they were making like silly mistakes tonight. The game got a little drunk at certain points. And but instead of like getting down about it, they were like laughing about it and like joking on each other. And that's actually like a really good sign. Like this group of veterans that knows what it's doing is having fun playing together. I think because the expectations are low, but everybody's competent. Like so much of this is just they're not playing as many young dudes that can't defend. Like the only real defensive liability they're playing is Davis Bertons. Now Gafford got hurt and Thomas Bryant's still out. So this team is out of centers. And that's an issue outside of Harrell. But Trez has given him really good minutes. The Celtics have all these problems. I legitimately watched that game, and it just seemed like like the Wizards, every time that the, the Celtics would cut get it close, either Bradley Beal would do Bradley Beal things, or Montrez Harrell would create something, or Spencer Dinwiddie would do something. They're just competent. This is just a really competent team. And Wes Unsell Jr., I think he's doing a really good job defensively. I looked at some of their numbers. They have one of the most varied profiles as a defensive team early on in the season. They're running switch and blitzes and drop. Like they're tailoring whatever it is that they need to do to the personnel on the court, which is how you need to play basketball in 2021 versus what you're facing. They're able to adjust to what they need to bring to the table. They're, they'll get Gafford back because luckily that was he was not a major injury. They'll get Thomas Bryant back. I think. I think this team is going to be at worst the eight seed in the Eastern Conference. I think the Wizards are good. Ooh, all right. Impassioned take there from one Matt Moore. We'll see if that holds up because, again, maybe it's just the early season uh, illusion of, of success. But I'm interested to follow the Wizards and see how they perform throughout the rest of the season. But coming up, we're going to be talking uh, Bucks, Timberwolves, as well as Grizzlies, Trailblazers, those two games from the rest of the slate. Uh, but we'll get there after a quick message from our friends over at rockauto.com. Because look, with the increasing number of makes and models, it's basically impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why on earth would you drive in person and you got to deal with all the questioning? Like, is your car an LX, EX, like the brands, the specification? Don't deal with all that, right? Because the guy at the counter, he's just going to go to his computer and try to order the parts because they're not going to have them in stock anyways. If you know how to do any kind of DIY level stuff, you need to check out rockauto.com. 
Amazon.com. You're going to save up to 30, 50, or even 100% more for the exact same parts. You're not going to get you're not going to get price gouge. You're going to be able to quickly find all the brands and specifications that you need. Their catalog is so easy to navigate. You can quickly find all the parts that you need for your car or truck. And when you're checking out, when you hit the little shopping cart icon, be sure to write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So that they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Be sure to visit rockauto.com. You know, Jackson, I tried to add a new uh, model tonight, betting on NBA over unders projecting out some stuff you that's right you guessed it some half court data as well as transition uh and those totals went five and one and the best place to get those kind of bets in is at bet online they're back and better than ever they got a new web interface at the start of basketball season they got more props more odds more lines than ever before they remain your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season you can head to the new updated desktop or mobile website sign up today using promo code locked on and you're going to get 50 percent welcome bonus that's a great deal on a bonus for your first deposit basketball football baseball postseason nhl boxing and ufc don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts we'll be right back on locked on nba and continuing on here at Locked on NBA Thursday, where we thank you for making us your first listen of the day, free and available on all platforms. Now, let's dive into the Minnesota Timberwolves and Milwaukee Bucks. Minnesota coming away with a 113-108 win against the Milwaukee Bucks, a wire-to-wire victory for the Minnesota Timberwolves, a game in which the Minnesota Big Three looking very dominant. Now, I will say... This was a Milwaukee Bucks team that was not at full strength. No Drew Holiday, no Brooke Lopez. So there are some caveats to this win, but I thought it was a really good win by the T-Wolves. And Ant stands out, Cat stands out, D'Lo. Like that big three has looked great together. And then the pieces that they have around them specifically as well, just the revamped defense that they play with, the urgency, the intensity, all of these things. The T-Wolves might be legit this season, Matt. Yeah, I mean, I, I, they were my number one overbet. They were my number one win total. Was I, I loved the, the look of this team going into this season, and the early returns have been what you wanted to see. Um, I will say, like, here's like an interesting thing. Okay, so they go out. Is it a half point bet? No, <laughs> thank you. I have other things I can talk about, Jackson. Um, no, what I was gonna say though is they scored 44 points in the first frame. They just absolutely blitzed the the bucks right out of the gate i mean they were just they were on fire they hit absolutely everything second quarter they scored 22 then 28 then 19 they are actually like this is what's surprising the wolves are 22nd in offensive rating after tonight after putting up that 44 so they're getting it done with defense where they have the fifth best defensive rating in the league after after this tonight and they're just you know a lot of it they're playing this blitz scheme um I thought this week was really instructive about how the Wolves are going to be this season because the Bucks shorthanded without Drew Holiday, who's a real floor settler for them, and without a big man in Brooke Lopez, like they're very undersized, right? And the Wolves have some bodies, especially with Cat. So their blitz scheme, especially versus Giannis, was able to do a little bit more damage. The Pelican series I thought was very interesting. They played the Pelicans twice, and the first one – they took care of business and made the Pelicans look very inept. And the second one, the Pelicans got used to that scheme and tore them apart with skip passes. And they absolutely beat the, the crap out of the Wolves. Now the Wolves were due for a loss there. But I think it's interesting in that 
when you play something other than just the standard drop coverage, which is like what Utah runs, right? Where Rudy Gobert just like backs up and pick and roll. The guard comes over the back of the screen and tries to contest. When you do anything different, it it does take a little bit for teams to adjust to that. They'll know it coming in. They've seen it. But it's not the same comfort level because 80% of the teams in the NBA run drop coverage over 80% of the time. That's what they see over and over and over again. Unless you're facing a team like Miami that switches a ton or a team like Charlotte that plays a lot of zone, you're going to see one coverage a lot. So this differential, I think, catches teams off guard. The question, I think, is do we think the Wolves' defense can keep up this pace? And at what point does the offense catch up? Because if the offense catches up to the defense, they're, they've already got impressive victories but if the offense catches up, the Wolves are going to look like a serious playoff team and not just like, oh, a nice story. They'll actually look like a serious threat. I think the defense probably gets a little worse. But I'm curious, on those two fronts, what you see happening. They have all these weapons, but right now they're winning with defense. It's not even, you know, what's crazy is it's not even that they have all these weapons. It's just like their big three is really talented offensively right. and they're kind of shouldering 80, 90% of the offensive load on, on any given night. It's like, but it's the pieces around them that have looked really impressive defensively. Um, Vanderbilt, McDaniels, those two have looked great. They kind of plug those gaps alongside the starters. And it also, like, you have to give some credit to Cat, who's looked engaged and really bought into this defensive scheme where their rotations are crisp. They look like they're communicating well. They're moving and covering each other the right way that they need to with this blitzing scheme, right? When they're stunting on the pick and roll and, you know, forcing the ball hand or forcing the ball handler to give up the ball, they're moving. And you're watching, like, if you watch the guys that are moving for the Timberwolves defense, like, away from the ball, they're moving preemptively. They're not late on their rotations, at least not in this game. And things looked crisp on that end of the basketball. And then offensively, with Anthony Edwards continues to impress me. He's really, like, kind of coming into his own. And he's going to be a ridiculously talented player for a long, long time. But it what stands out is, like, how he's kind of... Right. He's in that sophomore year now where he's like letting mm -hmm. things kind of develop a little bit like rather than going to the very first read that he has the very first opportunity in the offense. He's kind of like slowing things down a little bit. Right. Kind of waiting. He had one where he sized up. I think it was Giannis that he sized up, like got the switch on Giannis, slowed things down, walked yeah. it back out, reloaded at the three point line, sized him up like he was going to drive, got him to back up just a little bit and then drained the three right in his face. And it's like those moments where he's realizing how to pick and choose his spots. And that's only going to get even more, you know, continue to get better as the season progresses. Want to give a shout out to Jade McDaniels. You mentioned him and Vando are doing like, that's where this defense is coming from. It's like those guys are doing, it's a great combo, right? Like the other guys are engaged defensively and especially has been really engaged on defense. And Finch has called that out like a lot, but Jaden and Vando, like they know their role and they're, they're giving great effort on those. It's really cool to see Jared Vanderbilt playing this type of a role. I thought he was really good in Denver. Uh, he was a throw in the Malik Beasley trade and he's been really good for them. So they're getting contributions on defense. They have a good balance between defensive role players. I think their shooters will improve. Like I don't expect Malik Beasley to shoot this poorly from three for, throughout the season. And I, I, I think they got something going on there. I, I, I like where the wolves are at. They are looking exactly like the team that I was hopeful that they would, they would be. All right, let's bring us to the Blazers and Grizzlies game in which the Blazers 116-96 over the Grizzlies completely tore this thing open in the third quarter, 36-20 to 20 frame in favor of the Blazers. Dame time, if you will. Did we fade the Blazers too early? <laughs> like, where, did, we, did we overreact? Uh, I mean, the do way you, that they kind of turned things on. Do, do you remember Stockwatch last week? 
You don't. Do I remember Stockwatch so, last week? I don't remember what yeah. I did for breakfast today. Matt. Come on. <laughs> I told you last week. I said I'm not. I said there's no reason to worry about the Blazers. Was one of our Stockwatches, and I was buying that. And the reason was because like they had that bad loss to the Kings, and everyone kind of freaked out. But I was like, look, their half court defense was really good. They just got hit with some transition stuff. I like they're inconsistent, you know, and that's a problem. Like they go into the into Los Angeles over the weekend. And they get annihilated and then they come back and they be a very good Grizzlies team. I'll, I'll say this. Um, I don't think that the Grizzlies are coming back down to quote, like coming back down to earth. Memphis looked tired to start that game. They just looked really, they, they've been on a road trip basically since the start of the season, they played in a back to back versus the Clippers and Lakers. Uh, and then that was, so this is a three and four for them. Right. And all those things combined, I think leads you to, the Blazers needed to get this win. They needed a bounce back spot. They needed an offensive spot. Like Dame has looked so bad offensively. Um, so he was due, but they also, then, he's still, uh, just, he still didn't look great offensively. Like, the efficiency's not there. Four to one and three. Like, you know who I thought was really good tonight, honestly, was Yusuf Nurkic, who I am a very big critic of, and I think he's vastly overrated. He was excellent tonight. I thought he was great on defense. He made the right rotations. He bodied guys. Uh, he was playing great inside. He didn't play outside of himself. I thought Nurkic was great in this game and they're getting really quality minutes from uh, Nasir Little who didn't like pop on the score or on, on the box score, but I thought his minutes were good. And then like An Anthony Simons is like developing into that guy. Their bench unit absolutely rolled here. Like Larry Nance was a plus 18 because Memphis Memphis's bench, I think is struggling a lot right now. Um, Zaire Williams uh, is in a, having a rookie wake up call to what's happening. Kyle Anderson was really good with the starters. And I think it struggled a little bit with the bench, but you know, honestly, I, I think the Grizzlies were tired. The Blazers are good enough to do this, but the Blazers are still going to be in the playoff conversation. They're either going to be in the play in or in the playoff. Like they're not going anywhere. I think one of the issues is that you have hope that Billups comes in and they make this big leap. That hasn't happened yet. A lot of time, but they look exactly like they have over the past, five, six years, which is like, oh, a really good, exciting team that can can look really good one night and then, you know, then lose three games in a row and look very mediocre. I, I think I was impressed with the defense, which has been a problem for Portland tonight, but I don't know how much of that was Portland versus Memphis, I think, being tired at the end of this road trip. I will say that uh, as part of some, you know, in addition to some of the, the Dame time, uh, you know, and I can't call them antics because I feel like that has a negative connotation. Uh, the showtime that we got, there we go. Showtime Dame in the, uh, in the third quarter, I, they also moved the ball really well. I felt like they had multiple possessions with some really good ball movement, players cutting, finding the open man. And I think that my issue with Portland for what seemingly has been years now is it feels like their offense at times devolves into just like the back and forth, the your turn, my turn between Dame and CJ, Dame, CJ. And that becomes really easy to game plan for and predict. And obviously at times it works because Dame and CJ can be that talented. But then when they don't have it going on a given night, when they are struggling to shoot from the floor, then their offense looks like it just completely stagnates if they're not hitting shots. So I think my key for them moving forward is like, if they can have, you know, periods throughout a game like that, we're sure lean on Dame a little bit, right? Lean on him because he's your star player. Absolutely. That's what star players are there for, but they need to be, have a more cohesive offensive scheme than just like shouldering all of the burden on those two guys. And I think that in that third quarter, when they popped for 36 points, the ball movement looked a little bit better. They were creating opportunities for others. In addition to Dame sinking multiple threes in that quarter, that also always helps um, across the, Oh, what's up? I said, great points. 
Oh, I appreciate it. Uh, we've got a couple more games across the NBA landscape to take a look at. Uh, we had the Lakers. God, just up 26, falling to the Oklahoma City Thunder, 123-115. And they were gift-wrapped multiple opportunities to tie it up down the stretch. Uh, and I saw this ticking by on like the Bally Sports, like bottom of the TV ticker. So I don't know if that exactly if this is true or not. I think it's true. It's their first loss when leading by 25 plus. They have 230 wins when leading by 25 plus. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know if it's their, I don't know if it's the franchise first loss by 25 plus, but I assume it probably is. So that's just not a great stat there for the Lakers. Um, no Can LeBron I get in this in? game. Can I can I be petty? Yeah, go ahead and be petty. Um, Carmel Anthony, 5 of 14 from the field, 1 of 8 from 3, 13 points and a minus 6 and a loss to the Thunder. They said this man was washed. They said this man couldn't play. Now you know. Jackson, every year I deal with this, where, where Melo has one game where he looks good and everyone's like, yeah, they said he couldn't play. Now what are you saying? I'm like, I'm saying the same thing, which is that the next five games, he's going to be in the negative. The next five games, he's going to be in the negative. Congrats on the good game versus Memphis. Carmel Anthony is a liability in your rotation. There's not much more to be said about it. Um, look, Westbrook was great last night. This was a back-to-back -back spot without LeBron. Okay? Losing to the Thunder is embarrassing. There's no real way to get around that, but they're not going to go 0-82. They might, might try, but they're not going to go 0-82. Uh, you know, when I was watching this game and, and I didn't have this one like on like main watch, Shea was brilliant tonight. Like Shea was really good. 27, nine, five, only two turnovers, seven and 19 shooting, but five, 11 from three. Shea Gillis Alexander was really good. I love Josh Giddy. He's so much fun to watch Jackson, like 18 points, 10 assists for the rookie in the win over the no, Lakers. I, I, same thing here. I caught the, I caught the, the tail end of this one because I'm going to be completely honest. It was like, okay, it's Lakers. It's thunder. This is supposed to be a blowout win for like the Lakers billion in the first quarter. Yeah. 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 Like you even like you check the score. You're like, okay, we're checking. Okay, cool. Like up 20, up 20, up 20. And then suddenly the thunder are doing things and they're yeah. in the game. And so I caught most of the fourth quarter and like, Lou Dort had, had himself a solid game. Baisley looked good. I mean, the, the entire starting five for the Thunder had really solid outings. And then we had this moment at the tail end of the game where the Thunder, or I apologize, the, the Lakers are still very, very much trying to win this game. Like they're, they they got the ball on the ba baseline, out of timeouts. They're trying to, you know, launch it the, the full length of the court to try and get another three-point heave up because they're still trying to win the game, even though they're down four or five at this point, whatever it was. Game is wholly without you know not within reach and basically intercepts the full length pass and then slams it home on the other end and russell westbrook takes exception to this like my biggest thing is if you're still competing ah, and trying to win the game uh, uh let's do this in stock watch i have a take for you uh, and i want to test it in stock watch let's get a break let's uh, come back okay and we'll, we'll dive into the rust stuff. The rust stuff deserves a segment. Let's go to break and, and let's do Stockwatch on the other side and lead off with Russell Westbrook. Okay. All right. Before we get, before we get there, we got a quick message from our friends over at Postmates because look, you know, when it comes to ordering, I mean, you could order 
fast food. You could order from your favorite dine-in restaurant, just anything, right? Postmates, you get all your favorite foods from your local restaurants in your neighborhood. No issue, no leaving the house, even better. You don't have to get in the car. You don't have to find a parking spot. None of that, right? Just grab your phone, check out Postmates. It, and it doesn't have to just be, right? It doesn't have to just be food. It doesn't have to be just burritos, sushi. It could be convenience items that you need. You could order toothpaste, phone chargers on demand. That's because places like Walgreens and even 7-Eleven are also on Postmates. When the app lets you know that your food or items have been delivered, everything, it's right outside your door. Like you can, no contact delivery, like all these different options are available when you check out Postmates. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorite foods or that one thing that you forgot to get from the store and get it delivered on demand. And for a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners a little something extra. New customers will get a 50% off your first five orders and $50 or $50 more when you use promo code locked on MBA. So that's code locked on MBA to get 50% off your first five orders of $50 or more max savings of $100 per order. Just download the Postmates app or sign up online. It's super easy. Offer is subject to change and taxes and fees apply. Offer valid for 30 days after you add the promo code to your account. Ross brought today by Sweatblock. Okay, so the weather's getting colder, especially here in Colorado. Um, Well, not where Jackson is, because that doesn't happen in Texas unless, never mind. Never. Yeah. uh, And what happens, though, is in here in Colorado, you got to layer. You have to layer your clothes because it gets so cold and it'll get into your bones. But if you layer, then you go inside inside somewhere that's got heating, and now all of a sudden you're burning up and you're going to start sweating. You're in a professional environment. That can be embarrassing. Don't want that to happen. That's why you got to use sweat block. Okay. Sweat block doctor created doctor recommended works for seven days. I got a guaranteed um, seven day guarantee drive for seven days or you get your money back. So we've been telling you about sweat block for weeks. Now these wives have stopped sweat for seven days. People have been listening and there's, we've got all these testimonials from stuff like, all right. So there's this soccer player. Okay. Uh, I have a soccer player here. is talking about sweat block and thought it was too good to be true. He was always the wettest guy after practice, like soaking wet. Gross. So we thought he'd give Sweat Block a shot, and he tried on his pits, and the next practice, his pits were dry. Everything else is wet. I guess he needs to use it some other places. Again, ew. Uh, He says he didn't have to reapply for nine days. Now, he's a true believer. Doctor created, doctor recommended Sweat Block. It's not just for armpits, chest, back, feet, hands. Use it anywhere, and I mean anywhere, again, gross, that sweats. If you or someone you care about is dealing with excessive sweat, you have to check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code LOCKEDON or at Amazon and CVS. We'll be right back on Lockdown NBA. Welcome back to Lockdown NBA. Matt Moore and Jackson Gatlin wrapping up this Thursday edition of Lockdown NBA. Thanks for making this your first listen each and every day. Now, Mike, your second listen Locked on Fantasy Basketball with Josh Lloyd, the number one daily fantasy basketball show on the planet. It's free and available on all platforms. All right, Jackson. It's Stockwatch time. We got to get some music. We got we to hit up our, our crack team at the Locked On Network and get some music for our, our Stockwatch uh, every week. I thought I was our every- crack producer. <laughs> okay, oops. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll figure out some music for us soon. <laughs> now I feel bad. You are a crack producer. You're, you're, my, you're my favorite producer I have on the Locked On Network, Jackson. So... Every week I give you three takes and you tell me whether you're buying, selling, shorting, or holding. Okay. Number one to carry over from the last segment, Russell Westbrook has earned the right to pull what he did with Darius Baisley. Getting ejected, getting into a fight after Baisley stole the ball on the dunk on the last possession, dunked the ball with authority, didn't run out the clock. Westbrook took exception, got ejected for shoving and fighting. 
Russell Westbrook, after his prolific career, has earned the right to do that. Did 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 like did yelling and flexing at like babies in the bubble earn him that right? Like I'm confused. Like what? No, I I I take absolute exception to Russell Westbrook taking exception to Darius Baisley's dunk because of the situation in the game. The Lakers were very much still trying to compete and win the game. Darius Baisley intercepted the ball, got the steal, got a slam dunk to further put the game out of out of reach for the LA Lakers. If the Lakers wanted to just roll over and give up, they could have just inbounded the ball and given up, right? So they were still clearly trying to win the game. Darius Baisley prevented that. So no, I, I am I am sell yeah, I'm selling this. No, I'm not buying this. I'm selling it. It's Russell Westbrook it. did not. Yeah, I'm sh- shorting it there. Shorting this because Russell Westbrook does not get to, his his career has not earned him the right to throw a tantrum at the end of the game because he didn't like the way that the that Darius Baisley didn't run out the clock. No, so we're shorting this. Okay, uh, a Houston sports fan being upset with uh, someone adhering to sports norms. Who would have thought? So I think what we're really talking about here is um, I think what we're really talking about here is how many guys in the NBA would take exception with this? And this is the thing is there are, there are different ways to approach this, right? Like I think Chris Paul is probably coming up to him after the game. being like, don't do that. Let's just run out the clock. Like it feels like you're showing us up. Right. Because he's he's psycho competitive too. Like this is where a lot of this comes from is like, if you're psycho competitive, that's where you start getting into it. I think when you start getting into the idea though of, so I, I think there's a balance. Like most young sports fans tend to be like, the quote unwritten rules, whether it's baseball or football or basketball or whatever are dumb and that we should just let anything go. I think one of the reasons that these rules are developed and then reinforced by players is it one, it ensures safety, right? Because you're concerned about if somebody else takes exception to that, they may not react the same way that Westbrook did. It may be more dangerous and you don't want to see that either. I'm not saying that Westbrook's a hero in this instance, because I think in this instance, uh, he misread it and just, I think he misread the situation. I think he thought that the situation was different than it was. And that genuinely, I think he was frustrated because he just got lost. He just lost an OKC, just lost a huge, a huge lead. Uh, the things have not gone well with the Lakers and they blew this gigantic lead on a back to back. So uh, in general, I I'm selling, I'm not shorting. I tend to give the players a little bit of leeway. If somebody that, that has played as long as Westbrook has says that this isn't appropriate. Basically he's not, that young though like he's not a rookie like he knows and so i i think in, in for the most part i agree this was just pettiness on westbrook's part i i want to make the argument just to be contrarian but i can't you gotta chill out russ a little bit second take buy sell short or hold the celtics are in legit trouble after falling to the washington wizards they barely got by the hornets that was a good win but they have had they got absolutely racked by the raptors last week they have not looked good overall. This team looks like it's in a struggle mode and they lose at home to the Wizards. Are they in trouble? I think I, I I'm inclined to say yes. And I want I want to buy it so bad, but I look up and down at this roster and the talent that they have, and they shouldn't be struggling, is the problem. They have a lot of talented players. They've got a lot of really competent defenders. They're able to switch things one through five. They're able to flatten out offenses by doing that. I want to say so badly that I want to buy into the Celtics being in legitimate trouble. So instead, I'm going to hold it because I think that maybe this is just like 
early season road bumps. They haven't quite had full-blown consistency quite just yet. Maybe it's just, you know, an issue of some shots aren't falling. The body language hasn't quite been there. They've, they've struggled. Absolutely. I'm not going to hide that fact, but I don't think that they're in legitimate trouble. I think they're still playoff bound and I think they're going to write the ship because they've got too much talent not to do it. So I'm going to hold on the Celtics being in legitimate trouble. Uh, I'm going to sell on the Celtics being in legitimate trouble. I think if you look at it tonight, uh, 43.5% from the field, 34.5% from three, their problems have been more on the defensive end in previous games. And this one, it was more on the offense. Now like Tatum was bad in the, the first game and Brown was great in versus the Knicks. Right. And they've had this like up and down kind of flex back and forth. Horford's missed time. Tonight, the starters Brown's losing is, is concerning. Do what? I said Brown's missed time. So, I mean, yeah, they Brown's just have consistency. Time. One thing I will point out, uh, Marcus Smart was a plus three tonight, okay, because he was playing really good defense, but one of seven from the field, one of five from three-point range, three steals, three rebounds. Again, I'm really concerned with Marcus Smart with the starting unit. And I don't know what the answer is because the only alternative is really to start Dennis Schroeder. Uh, they have removed all like tonight. They cut out the young guys. Like, look at this. They cut out Neesmith and Pritchard entirely from the rotation. I'm a little bit worried about that. It's a little bit early to be in like, no, 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 we got to buckle down and shorten this rotation. That's my only real concern. I think the bench has been a real issue. The starters will be better. Most nights I expect them to have a run, but I do think we can kind of tail off on, I'll say this, like there was some talk of like, could the Celtics be like a legitimate, could they be the third best team in the East? Could they make a run at the division if the Nets were to fall because of Kyrie? I think we can probably sell on that a little bit now because they genuinely, I think, are like, they're having legit issues. They're just issues I think they can work their way out of because the season is six months long. Final one for you tonight. Carl Anthony Towns is making a legit claim to being a serious MVP candidate this season. I know it's been two weeks. I know we're talking f- like five games. I get it. Cat, cats, cats, cats getting some yarn. Like cats doing some work. Is Carl Anthony Towns emerging onto that level of stage? I think it. It's yeah. You know what? I'm I'm buying this. I I will Woo! I will buy cat Ow! as a legitimate. Ow! I will buy Carl Anthony Towns as a legit contender for the MVP award because if the Timberwolves emerge as like a legitimate playoff force this season. And if cats putting up the numbers, which we know he's capable of, right? He's such a talent. I mean, right now through, through these first three games for the, for the wolves, he's averaging 29, basically 29, nine and four, you know, to go with a a pair of blocks per game over steel per game. He's putting up MVP caliber numbers. Is that sustainable over the, over the whole season for him? Honestly, yes. He's one of the few talents in the NBA that you can say, yeah, he can sustain those numbers over a whole season. One of the like issues, one of the narratives surrounding Cat has been he puts up a lot of numbers, but it's not translating to wins for the for the Timberwolves, right? That's been one of the narratives that's kind of followed him for a while. So if he suddenly is putting up insane numbers and the T-Wolves are suddenly winning because they finally have a serviceable defensive identity and they've got D'Lo and Ant kind of coming to their own as his you know perimeter players, as his guards... I'm absolutely buying Cat as an MVP candidate. I like it. Carl uh, Anthony Towns currently sixth on value over replacement player in the entire NBA behind Jokic, who won the MVP last season, Durant, who was a very trendy pick this year, Paul George, Jimmy Butler, Damana Sabonis, um, and then Carl Anthony Towns. He has the same VORP right now 
going into tonight's action rather as Giannis onto the combo. That's how good Cat has been. That wraps up Stockwatch for this week in the NBA. What a night of action in the NBA. I feel like we touched on a lot of different great games, a lot of different great stories here, Matt. Um, Anything you want to throw in before we wrap it up officially? Uh, I think my big takeaway is my big takeaway is like there's there's parody here. So we didn't get to these games. The Clippers like destroy the Blazers and now lose the Cavs. Cavs making a big run. We didn't get around to them, but the Cavs. I saw them in person on Monday. They're organized, and that goes a long way. I think, like, I don't, I don't know how far this is going to go, but the, I like where the returns are. Mobley's helping a lot, and then the Suns lose a stunner at home to the Kings. Like a lot of these Western Conference teams are super inconsistent right now, and I wonder how that's going to shake out in the standings. Suns losing off of that three pointer to Harrison Barnes. So Barnes coming away as the hero in that game. Yeah, that was a wild finish to that one. Um, Chris Paul did not look good in that Suns game. I'll throw that out there. 30 minutes, one of 10 from the floor. Had eight assists, but just rough night, rough sledding for Chris Paul in that game. Um, Yeah, and then the Cavs Clippers game with a score that looked straight out of the mid 2000s. Final score, (laughs) 92 to 79. Love that. I got one here for you. Uh, I looked this up because we were doing it over at Action Network on my live shows. Uh, offensive rating is down from 112 last season on average to 106 right now. Seth Partnow from The Athletic noted that typically in early season, offensive ratings are down to start the season. So certainly some improvement is to be expected there. But it does look like we're going to see a reduction in offensive efficiency, which I also think is good. I think it's made the games better. I think it's better when there's a little bit more struggle involved in these games and everything is not just like, let's toss up a three and make it or get a foul feels like every game I've seen has had some significant like offensive struggles or just, you know, points in the game where the, you know, defense have been able to clamp down a little bit more. Do you think that's a direct result of the like, yes, it's not the freedom of movement rule. What is it? What are they officially yeah. calling it? The shooting motion rule? Yeah. Uh, I think that the, here's the thing is like, there's been a broader change. That's not just these specific, the areas of emphasis on drawing fouls they're just allowing more stuff. They've basically given, they've given control of the game, not total control. The offense still controls it. But like last year, I think I really think it was like 80, 20 to the offense. Now we're back into like 70, 30, 65, 40, uh, 35. Like there's a better, healthier balance between how much the defense can impact the offense now. And it's making for really great basketball, honestly. I've enjoyed it so far this season. It's been a great first week of the NBA season. We'll see you next week at our next uh, Locked on NBA Thursday episode. But before then, be sure if you're not already doing so, subscribe to the brand new Locked on NBA YouTube channel. Subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. Free and available on every single platform you can imagine. Make it your first listen of the day. Apple, Spotify, Google, the brand new, brand new Odyssey app, wherever you listen to your podcast. But for today's show, that is going to do it. As always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on NBA Thursday.